0: Hi, and welcome to the Carnivore Stories podcast with me, Alyssa Grubner. The carnivore way of eating has completely transformed my life and it's stories just like the ones you'll hear on this podcast that kept me going strong every step of the way. I hope you're ready to hear an inspirational carnivore story. I know I am. So let's get into it. Right. This is episode eleven of the Carnivore Stories podcast. Today, I am joined by Josie Leader. She's a twenty-eight-year-old New Yorker and a ex-vegan after fourteen years. Oh my goodness! Thank you so much for meeting with me today.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me on and reaching out.
0: Yeah, so. Oh, oh, I forgot to mention, you can find Josie on Instagram at XPlanteater. Okay. And she's got lots of great content about uh, the ex vegan life and the new carnivore life. Josie, can you start with your background and your lifestyle before coming to the way you eat now?
1: Yeah, of course. So I developed an eating disorder when I was around 11. This was before I became vegan or even knew what veganism was. And it happened because I was becoming more interested in health at the time, and I'd been chubby as a kid. So I was basically looking for a way of eating that I wouldn't really have to worry about what I eat and I could lose weight. I wanted to lose like 20 pounds at the time. And it just developed into this really unhealthy obsession. I remember... I had gotten a laptop at the time, um, I was like around 11 and it was like the one thing I wanted for Christmas one year. So I would use this laptop to research things and nobody would really be able to vet what I was researching. And I remember learning about calories and in my mind, logically I thought, all right, so I'll just eat like 300 calories a day and I'll lose X amount of weight. I was like, I thought I'd like figured out the secret to weight loss and nutrition when really I had no idea how much I was about to hurt myself. So I, I got, I would say it was about a six month period where I, I would say I had anorexia. I lost like way too much weight. I became super underweight. And because of the mental, uh, the negative mental aspects of that, that, that put on me and, um and the amount of weight i lost and everything i i became super sick and eventually um during i would say like the end of the six month period i went to the doctor with my mom my parents were obviously both very concerned and they they like needed to find a way to get me to stop so i went to the doctor with my mom and the doctor told me if i didn't stop i would die so finally that woke me up but uh The So I started like trying to recover. I I refused to go to a psychologist or anything. So it was really just me again, my parents like trying to help in whatever way they could, but then me like trying to research this stuff on my own and do it on my own, because I've always had a distrust of like doctors and stuff like that. So that was my mindset at the time. So it wasn't a smooth process of recovery. It was me like kind of like attempting to eat in a balanced way again, but having those really bad mental health aspects, uh, that were just there that I didn't know how to heal. And, um, and so eventually all of that to say after a few months and, you know, after like getting back to a healthy weight and like attempting to eat in like a balanced way again, but having basically ruined that for myself, I came across a pita tent at a uh I was at the Vans Warped Tour and they had a uh um, they had this area with merch booths set up and one of the tents was a pita tent. So they were showing videos of what happens in slaughterhouses and I'm sure in this pamphlet it talked about how being vegan was the healthiest way to eat. So I was seri- I was sold overnight because obviously I was not healed from the eating disorder yet and I was looking for a way of eating that was the healthiest. You know, I a a total part of it the whole time too was health. It wasn't like I was just concerned about looking a certain way. It was totally health. Also, I was like terrified of growing up and being like a lot of the adults in my life and getting those really serious health issues. So I was also sold on that as well. And I also uh, thought that it was the most ethical way to eat. So I became vegan overnight. I was 13 at the time. So I was going grocery shopping with my mom. I was pretty limited in that sense because it was kind of up to my mom, what we would buy. So I remember I, I was eating a lot of like whole unprocessed foods, but on the other hand, I was also eating meat substitutes and, uh, probably whatever dairy substitutes were out at the time. This was like 2009. So it wasn't, uh, There were weren't as many options for vegans back then, and they were very gross. Some of them. So yeah, I Mm -hmm. would eat like half processed foods and like half uh whole unprocessed foods. And throughout the years, I definitely did try out different ways of eating vegan. I went through a period of trying to do uh like raw till four. I went through like a few months where I tried to do a raw food diet, and. Nothing ever worked, like nothing ever left me feeling the way that I was kind of sold that veganism would make you feel. I never just had like this effortless state of well being that I have now. And I'm sure this will be something that you probably would want to save for like a whole other question. But eventually, I did uh, develop assertive colitis at the 10th, I would say, year of me being vegan, and that was. Although I did stay vegan after getting diagnosed for about four years, that was eventually what woke me up. Mm.
0: yeah, I mean, that's i I went through a phase it was like three years, nowhere near fourteen years, but two years as a vegetarian, about one year as a vegan. and that whole idea that this is the healthiest way to eat that it like trapped me from getting better and finding a better way because even though my health was suffering like big time I just could not grasp the idea that veganism isn't good that it's not the ultimate diet so what was that like what was that whole journey like after 14 years I can't imagine to finally be like well yeah I should probably eat meat and I'm only gonna eat meat
1: yeah, I can totally relate to being so uh, just stuck on the fact that it had to be the healthiest way to eat. I like held that so close for so many years. And it was almost like, a, like a religious belief that I allowed myself to have and I didn't allow anything in my outside world to refute that. So Finally, though, what did wake me up to, and, and what made me receptive to trying eating meat again was uh, we had a, a very unexpected death in the family last year, and it, a part of what always triggered my colitis was stress. So at that point, I could see myself going into another really bad flare, and I'd, I honestly had had it pretty under control for about two years but I would get minor flare-ups, I would say, every couple of weeks. My digestion was never, ever back to normal. But then when this death happened right away, like I was having diarrhea about 10 plus times a day. The blood was coming back in my stool. Obviously, I was becoming more lethargic. And I, the worst case scenario for me at that point, especially with everything going on in the world with a certain virus... The last place I wanted to end up was the hospital. God forbid I went to the hospital and then like nobody could go see me and whatever else. Cause this again was, uh, this was last year. So things weren't as crazy at that point with going, having to go into the hospital, but still it was the worst case scenario in my mind. So I was reading a book about current events. I can't even remember what book it was, but in this book, it was like one or two paragraphs that happened to mention Uh, veganism and how collagen and cholesterol are really degenerative for your tissues and for your brain, especially. And I had heard this before too. I'd heard this throughout the years, but I'd been so willing to just shove it under the rug and not think about it and just like go back to those beliefs I had about veganism. But because I was so desperate at the time, I think that was what made me receptive to finally hearing it and considering that that might be the case. So it was right when I was reading that book, um, I thought, huh, maybe if I just try adding something with collagen back into my diet mm. and cholesterol, just some like one like small thing, I could do that and see how it goes. And if it does help my colitis, then I know that veganism is just not right for me anymore. Mm. And that was, yeah, initially that was what made me receptive to that idea. And I, I think I, I sat on it for about a week and finally I decided I'm going to try to have bone broth again. It, so bone broth was the only thing I introduced for about two weeks and that went really well. That started to heal those really bad symptoms I was having. And then from there, obviously, I could only logically conclude if having bone broth again went well, that animal foods were going to help me with this disorder And, uh, you know, like as the months went on, as I reintroduced each animal food, things only kept improving. So I, yeah, I can only conclude that this is my natural diet. If it's going, if it has that much of a healing ability.
0: Wow. That's so awesome that you were able to transition that quickly and have the idea that, you know, these animal foods were good for you. Like I said, I my health took a nosedive. And when it got really bad and I thought I was gonna die, I still did not believe veganism was bad. What made me start eating meat again, you're gonna laugh, was in my head, as twisty, as twisted as it is. I said, I don't want people to blame my death on veganism because I was sure I was going to die. So I'm going to eat meat so they can go, well, she started eating meat again. That's what killed her, you know, because she was so healthy before with her perfect diet. Um, And then it took me, I don't know, a year or two of eating, you know, just a little meat here and there um, and gradually progressing. But in the back of my mind the whole time, I was like, well, I still want to be healthy. So I can't eat too much meat. Um, you know, it never clicked. I had to see a, um, a video called, uh, vegan, the epitome of malnourishment for me to finally say, Hey, that's not healthy at all.
1: Yep. (laughs) I saw those. And I, that I think was what made me want to distance myself from veganism as far as I possibly could. Like I found that after I decided to stop being vegan, but that was what made me sure that I was doing the right thing or it was a big part of it.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a powerful, powerful visual for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is. I, what, um, what health problem were you suffering from when you were vegan?
0: So I started having really bad chest pains and my blood pressure just started to skyrocket. It was like stroke level blood pressure, but I, I was maybe like 20 pounds lighter than I am now. I was running, I was eating all these vegetables, but my cardiovascular system was just like shutting down. Wow. And that, that was a big thing for me.
1: Okay. Well, that's a good reason to want to like fix it, (laughs) fix your Mm -hmm. health. Yeah. That's crazy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I was just, I mean, it's its really just fate that I found this off-the-wall carnivore diet that, you know, has healed me. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, okay. Back to you. This is not my carnivore story. This is Josie's <laughs> carnivore story. Um, so you progressively started adding in more meat over a span of- how many months?
1: A six month period. I was very, it was completely the opposite to the way I went about becoming vegan. I did that overnight with Mm -hmm. reintroducing meat. It was very like calculated because I wanted to be so sure that it was the right thing to do. And that's what I think vegans too that attack me don't understand is like, I almost didn't want it to work because I was so attached to veganism, but yeah. So I, re-included bone broth. And I did that for about two weeks when that went really well, I introduced fish and eggs again, again, it went really well. I started to notice my skin improving, like, cause I had pretty bad premature aging as well. Um, at that point I started to notice like my skin kind of like bouncing back. Uh, after that, I would say I did that for about a- another month. I reintroduced chicken and Turkey and that was By that point, I was starting to watch people like uh, Sferia, who, uh, you know, he makes the epitome of malnourishment videos. Yes. I'd found like Steak and Butter Gal. I'd found um, Ken Berry, MD. I'd found probably like Sean Baker at that time. All of those people that were kind of opening me up to this animal-based or carnivore lifestyle. So. I would say it took me another like month or two to introduce red meat again. But by the time I reintroduced red meat, I was ready to like, re, like start trying beef tallow, uh, start trying like liver. And, uh, I started having like ancestral supplements at that point. So again, that was, this was after about five to six months. And, uh, again, as I, especially after I reintroduced red meat again, that literally the first time I had steak again, I felt this like calm feeling in my body. Like I hadn't, I'd never felt a feeling like that from eating food before. So throughout like all of those months and all of those things going well and improving the way I was feeling and improving my skin, improving my colitis, I, I knew that I should have just never been vegan. I can't even imagine how much healthier I would be now if I wasn't vegan for all those years. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. Wow. Okay. So after being vegan for all of those years, what, and you're eating all this meat now, what are your family and friends thinking about this?
1: So my fiance luckily is eating the same exact way as me. He was never vegan and it just goes to show how much he's sold on this way of eating now because um, yeah, so he was never vegan, but he was super respectful about it. We would eat a lot of the same foods so when I finally came to him and I was like, you know, I think I should stop being vegan. He, he, I don't think he wanted to influence me. So he was like, if you're comfortable with that, then do it. You could just try something like really minor. And that was again, why I, I a part of why I decided to have beef, uh, sorry, uh, bone broth first. So. As the months went on and we started watching all these ex-vegan testimonies and uh, we found like people like Ken Berry, especially, he was starting to get on board with it too. So he, luckily, it would be harder for me, honestly, if he wasn't on board with it, but he's like even more strict with it now than I am even. So he, he's like a hundred percent sold. His family also, like, I think they never really thought veganism was too healthy, but again, they were, they're very respectful. So they never said mm-hmm. that to me, but they also like, they can see the way that our, both of our health has improved. So they are completely understanding, but they're not on the wavelength of wanting to do it themselves. My family too, my parents, their biggest thing, cause they were in the hospital with me when I had really bad colitis, they saw how sick I was the fact that it has healed my colitis, it makes my parents very happy that I'm eating this way. But I think they are a little, they just find it a little weird that there's no vegetables. There's no processed foods. Mm -hmm. They, they think it's like a little extreme, but as long as my colitis is healed, my parents are okay with it. And my friends too, like, again, thank God my fiance is on board with it because it, it would definitely be a lot harder. Like if he had the attitude of a lot of my friends who all like, they think it's crazy. Like, so it's made, it's honestly made like going out to eat and stuff. Like, I just don't want to do it anymore with my friends. Um, so yeah, I'm glad my fiance is do- eating the same way. Cause we're on the same wavelength when it comes to my friends, they, they don't get it. They're, they're glad that my, that my health conditions are better, but they do not get it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that it's hard for people to wrap their head around it because it was hard for me, even after knowing all the benefits that come from this way of eating, to wrap my head around that the fat wasn't going to make whatever was going on with my cardiovascular system worse, you know, um, But that's awesome. You have your fiance, because really that's that's all you need. Somebody that's, you know, on your side and and that your family and his family aren't giving you a hard time about it. Exactly. Um, So how how long was it until you were able to put that ulcerative colitis in remission?
1: It's so I would say like just this last two weeks presently, I can like say it's a hundred percent healed, but I would say the timeline for most of my symptoms getting better, like the telltale symptoms that are like more severe, uh, within the first month or two of just reintroducing bone broth and, uh, eggs and fish again, all of the really severe symptoms had healed. So the blood in my stool healed. That was obviously one of the worst things. The Mm -hmm. fatigue I was experiencing was getting better. The bloating was getting a lot better because that was definitely a part of like having colitis because there was so much inflammation in that area of my body. Um, What else? I would have low-grade fevers on a daily basis. That also had healed at that point. Severe pain after eating had healed after about two months. The only symptoms that I was really left with were diarrhea and constipation, which has continued until, again, like this past month. But the diarrhea was of a different nature. When I had colitis, I would have diarrhea like 10 plus times a day with, once I did transition to eating like a highly animal based diet, it went down to being once a day. If like, if that, cause some days I would say I was like constipated, but, um, mm-hmm. it overall improved a ton. Most recently the past like month, um, I, I would say a few things contributed to it, but I started having heavy cream in my coffee instead of half and half. So that is a lot higher in fat. I've been eating, um, I've been eating a lot of wagyu beef. Um, so that's a lot higher in fat. And um, just in general, again, adding a lot of fat to my diet is seems to be what has finally gotten me to the point where I no longer have diarrhea and I'm not constipated anymore. So that is that's taken a long time. Like that's taken. Uh, about 8 months but you know uh, better late than never okay.
0: yes you are so right about that better late than never um and that's interesting that adding more fat was that was you know what you needed because some people they'll have issues digesting more fat and it can give them diarrhea but you know everyone's different so that's so awesome you were able to find out that that's what you needed Yeah. Did you have any trouble? Did you have any trouble like adjusting to fat and protein intake? Like, was it uncomfortable at first? Were you nauseous? Um, from having, I,
1: I experienced nausea a tiny bit. Um, especially when I, I was earlier on eating this way, at, it was weird. Like at night, every couple of days, I would get a little bit of nausea, uh, of nausea. Other than that, I would say like a part of adjusting to eating this way was the diarrhea. Otherwise, I really can't say I had that many negative side effects. I mean, every once in a while too, I would get like a little bit of cramps in my legs or like in my um, hands. But I, I season everything pretty heavily with Redmond's real salt and that does have electrolytes in it. So really mm-hmm. like I haven't experienced too many negative side effects.
0: That's great. That, that really is awesome. I mean, especially 14 years without, without these foods that your digestive system was able to get with the program relatively quick.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So you said you're having heavy cream, so you're having dairy, eggs. What else are you eating on a regular basis? What's in your diet?
1: So with dairy, I do try to either do grass-fed or organic or raw if I can get it. I finally think I did find a supplier that I will be able to get on a daily basis. But yeah, with dairy, I am very specific about dairy, but with meat... I really eat anything as long as it's unprocessed. So I eat I eat bread meat on a daily basis. Um, I would say like one to two times a day. That includes like ground beef. That includes um, cut, any cuts of steak. I try to buy fattier cuts, but it really doesn't matter too much to me as long as there's nothing added to it. It's just beef. I eat chicken. Um, I eat pork those are the meats that I eat the most, but I do eat lamb. Occasionally I do eat venison. I eat uh, fish and eggs as well. Eggs. I also, because they're like less expensive to buy like pasture raised, I try to buy pasture raised eggs as much as I can, but again, I'm not too picky about it. As long as there's nothing Mm -hmm. else added to it, like those inflammatory seasonings and sugars and stuff. I I'm really pretty liberal about what I buy in that case, like with like i don't only buy grass fed or pasture raised meat
0: yeah yeah you can go broke really quick
1: <laughs> buying yeah.
0: only grass grass fed meat um okay so what does your typical day of eating look like like what did you eat yesterday
1: yesterday i was at work so in the morning i have coffee with i put beef tallow in it and then i put uh heavy cream and then um, my first meal is usually at lunchtime. So it's like usually from 11 a.m. to 1. What did I eat? I had, um, I had, oh yeah, grass-fed wagyu and a little bit of avocado. And what else? I think I had two raw egg yolks and something else. I think I had um, leftover iced coffee with heavy cream in it. And then for dinner, I had eggs again and... What else? Oh, I had carnivore crisps with my eggs and I'm a little bit more avocado. I've been like experimenting with having a little bit of avocado lately and luckily it's been going fine.
0: Okay, good. Awesome. Um, and then what about, what is your
1: favorite
0: carnivore food? If you're going to splurge a little, what are you having?
1: Hmm. I love sashimi. I really love, uh, like tuna sashimi and salmon sashimi. So definitely that, or I would say like a really expensive cut of steak. Like I honestly really love a uh, wagyu beef the more that I, I have it. Okay. And yeah, I would say like one, one of those.
0: Okay. Awesome. Um, All right. Do you incorporate organs?
1: I do incorporate a little bit of liver. I haven't really been able to get much else other than liver. Um, so I would probably try other things if I could liver, I have like a love hate relationship with, because I, I don't know how, I don't know if this is necessarily hundred percent accurate, but I was told that, uh, if you have too much vitamin A, which there's a lot of vitamin A in liver that you can get breakouts. And I find that whenever I have liver, mm-hmm. I get breakouts in this one area on my jaw. So I eat it every once in a while. I don't eat it um, like on a weekly basis even.
0: Yeah, you know, it's it's really like split. Like some people think that vitamin A toxicity isn't a thing. Some people are like, yeah, it's really a thing. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was listening to Garrett Smith on Judy Cho's podcast, um, Nutrition with Judy, and he was really adamant, like you should not be having a lot of vitamin A. So it's something that's kind of caught my attention, like got me thinking and, you know, kind of wanted to gather more evidence lately for sure. Mm.
1: Um,
0: Okay. So something that uh, drew you to veganism was the PETA tint and the ethical side of veganism How did you navigate that starting to eat all this meat? Did you start to research like what the deal really is with all of that?
1: Yes. So at first I was feeling guilty Mm -hmm. when I first included bone broth again and then eggs, eggs especially because I think that was the first like animal, the, you know, like the physical, like I could feel it in my mouth rather than just Mm -hmm. drinking bone broth. I remember feeling pretty guilty when I had eggs again and I kind of was, I was losing this identity too that I'd had for the past almost 15 years. So it was both of those things that were kind of causing me to feel pretty uncertain about it. And really initially what made me feel better about that was seeing my health improve. I could see the logic that I had was if if this is ne- the natural way for me to eat, it can't be wrong. Mm-hmm. But as the time went on and I, I kept seeing these health benefits come from the way I was eating, I was starting to research. I was starting to watch a lot of people on YouTube that talk about these things. And I learned that a plant-based diet isn't even the most ethical necessarily. Like in numbers, okay, yeah, maybe you can say the slaughter of animals in factory farms kills more animals on paper than the production of plant foods, but plant food, the production of plant foods still kill billions of animals. So if your goal is to not kill any animals by your way of eating, it's not more ethical in that sense. It's still killing animals. So that was another, that was a piece of the puzzle that I added later on. It was it was my desperation to heal my colitis and then seeing it heal that initially was what absolved. absolved is that the right word I think it is that that like relieved me of the guilt yeah
0: yeah um and then what about like the environmental side that that must have been something that you thought about too right
1: the environmental side I always would from the, all the documentaries I watched as a vegan, I would always say like, you know, at least it is, it's saving the environment too. Like the amount Mm -hmm. of, uh, like cow, you know, like cows cause global warming. Like, I really believe that for a certain period of time. Um, that was never something I looked into that much though. I would just repeat those, like those like one line things that they would say in documentaries about veganism. On the other hand, when I did stop being vegan, that whole part of veganism kind of went out the window for me. I kind of realized how much it didn't make sense that something that has been going on for like millennia, like how I, it, logically I started to think about it as like, how could that be bad for the environment? Like how could the earth still be here and we'd be thriving and so many other species thriving if that has been bad for the environment for all this time?
0: Right. Yeah, definitely. I was someone who parroted like, oh, well, the cows are bad for the environment, but, you know, it never really like, especially after leaving that whole world, it didn't add up in, you know, I remember, um, Thinking, learning about the argument. Well, you know, if somebody's in Canada eating a dragon fruit, how how much uh, fossil fuels were released into the air getting that dragon fruit from I don't know Asia, South America, all the way yeah, to Canada, totally. somewhere where it would never grow. Um, okay, and then you have a Instagram post where you're comparing your old YouTube videos as a vegan to the new you. Um, Do you look at those and, and just go like, who is that person? This poor girl. So lost.
1: It's really, it's sad for me now. And it's almost something that like, I have to, not emotionally, like, it's not like it makes me like cry or anything, but Mm -hmm. I have to like prepare myself to go back and look at those videos. It really is like, it's, it's like, uh, I don't want to say heartbreaking either. It's, it's not like that, but it's hard to watch them like I I just see this person that I was just not functioning like mentally yeah. very well. I was talking so much slower and I I feel mm-hmm. bad for the version of me that I was then.
0: Yeah, you know that post you did really resonated with me because recently I've started a YouTube channel and I had totally forgot that three years ago I had tried to start a YouTube channel also. And this was when I first started eating little bits of meat and eggs. And it's creepy to, to see myself like that. Yeah. And like, I was, I was like freaked out watching myself and I, it's like a totally different person. And if anybody listening to this wants to be creeped out go and type in Alyssa Grubner and find my other channel and be like whoa that's not the person I see now you know it's it's really and it's sad you know because I see my kids I'm holding my son and feeding them like tofu and graham crackers and
1: <laughs> I can relate I can totally relate
0: <laughs> yeah so now that you've made this change You can never see the world the same way again,
1: right? No, absolutely not.
0: Yeah. Um, So, so you still, do you have vegan friends?
1: I have one friend who has stuck around. I don't want to make it sound like that. I have one friend like (laughs) presently who is vegan and we just don't talk about it anymore. We kind of did become friends because we were both vegan everybody else that I knew that was vegan has kind of drifted or I had one friend that was like a militant vegan and we just stopped talking a while Mm -hmm. ago, but I could just imagine how it would have went if I had, if, you know, she was still in my life presently. So yeah, I have, I have one vegan friend. We're civil, but we just don't talk about things like this. Yeah. It's
0: um, I feel like it's difficult um, knowing what we know now, and then seeing people that they could be doing better, not to just like shove it down their throat and be like, look, this is so much better for you. But I, I feel like at least if they ever have some issues and, you know, you're in their life and, you know, they'll say, well, she's doing so much better now. Maybe I can talk to her and you'll always be that resource for them.
1: Yeah. Hopefully. I mean, I know my, the, the person that is still in my life who is vegan, she had a lot, she has a lot of the same digestive issues as me. And she, again, like over and over again, has been told there's nothing wrong with you by the doctor. So, I mean, I hope I can be an example in that sense.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, so, you have healed your ulcerative colitis. Um, what are some other unexpected benefits you've gained from this way of eating?
1: So a whole, a big thing also was my teeth. I did, I luckily avoided having cavities or anything when I was vegan, but my gums would bleed on a daily basis and my teeth were starting to look translucent. I had a, uh, a tooth mm-hmm. chip also, I would say like in the very middle of my time as a vegan that had never happened at any other point in my life. And that's been a huge improvement. Like my teeth, my teeth just look so much healthier. They look like more, they almost feel more dense. So that was a huge mm-hmm. improvement. Um, I also, my body composition, like I would say it was probably around the same weight, but my comp, my body composition looked more, um, like stocky as a vegan. It, um, I was holding on to much more water. And I would say like the best way to describe it was that I looked like my hormones were out of balance. Like I, my body looked more masculine, I would say. And so that's been another huge Mm -hmm. improvement. I lost a lot of water weight and, um, I look curvier and I feel like I have more fat in places that I should have had more fat and less in other places where I should have had less compared to when I was vegan. Like my my boobs literally got bigger, which I was not expecting that. Um, mm-hmm. I've been able to build muscle a lot easier too. Um, and not that I I didn't have that much cellulite, but I've noticed my cellulite got better since I stopped being vegan. Um, my energy levels and my mental health have done a complete one hundred and eighty. I used to after every meal I would feel so lethargic after when I was a vegan. And now I notice no difference in my energy levels. I have like steady energy throughout the day. My mental health is a lot better in the sense that like, I'm not, I don't worry about my appearance anymore. I don't worry about my weight. I, uh, my brain is just functioning a lot better. Like I mentioned before, I, I literally talk faster Mm -hmm. and I can think about problems a lot more rationally than I did back then. So it's like, it's, it's like a complete like 180 transformation.
0: That is so awesome. It never gets old hearing about people's lives getting so much better by just a, a simple change that now it seems like common sense, but it, it was like so far out of my mind before. Yeah. That's so awesome. Um, I have one last question for you. What advice would you give to someone just starting out with a carnivore way of eating or something you wish you knew when you first started adding in the animal products?
1: I would say you don't have to eat red meat right away. I know that that's something people, I feel like that's something people almost let discourage them from trying it because they don't want to eat red meat and then they feel like, well, I, I just can't do it because of that. So I would say you don't have to do that right away. Be as patient as you need to be. And you can go from eating, say, like either the standard American diet, or you can go from being vegan to just adding like one thing into your diet and just see how it goes. And if, you know, if it doesn't go well, then maybe the way this way of eating is not for you. But if it does, then it probably will. Then you can be as, as slow as you need to be with it. I would honestly, because I didn't do it this way myself, I would say you don't need to do it overnight. Some people can, like I've seen other people say that they had huge success doing it overnight and just doing like switching overnight, but I didn't do it that way and you, you don't need to.
0: That's, that's great advice, great advice. Um, this has been a fantastic interview thank you again for meeting with me sharing your story someday someone's going to hear this and you're going to inspire them exponentially and change change their lives that's that's the whole point of this podcast because someone's going to see your story and say well you know i'm dealing with the same things i've been vegan for 12 years i can i can do this too so thank you thank you so much for sharing your story today
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on and reaching out to me again. This has been so much fun.
0: All right. Is there anything else you'd like to add?
1: I think you mentioned it earlier. So I, there's no need to add anything, but you can, if anybody's interested in finding me, I have a Instagram and YouTube and they're both called the X plant eater.
0: Okay. So you're on YouTube also Awesome. 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 I will be subscribing. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, you have a great rest of your day. Stay meaty. And I hope we can do this again sometime.
1: Oh yeah, totally. Totally. I'd love to.
0: All right. All right. Take care.
1: Oh, you too. Bye.
0: All right. Bye. Bye. That's it for today. Until next time, stay meaty. Stay strong, stay inspired. Do you have a carnivore story to tell? Connect with me on Instagram at meet, M-E-A-T, Mrs. M-R-S, grubs, G-R-U-B-S. Or you can email me at carnivorestories at gmail.com. I would love to interview you and the world needs to know that. Meat heals.